G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast here, chatting everything team selection after some carnage was dropped on us before round 10. There are a lot of popular names under injury clouds and some others that we expected to come back, but didn't really uh, live up to their end of the bargain. So there's a lot of coaches out there floundering, trying to figure out what to do. I am one of them. I had five blokes out of my side this week. So unfortunately, it looks like I may have to hold Angus Brayshaw again. But without further ado, let me get into today's episode. So I'll finish up with a few Q&A things as per usual, but... Let me go through each team ahead of round 10. So starting on Friday night with the Swans and Pies. Hopefully it's a good game. Friday night footy hasn't really lived up to the hype this year, in my opinion. But not a hell of a lot to talk about from a fantasy perspective. We do have Jack Madgen in, but as a 281k defender, he's probably not cheap enough for a downgrade option and doesn't have great numbers to justify picking him. He comes in with Daniel Wells for the suspended Travis Varco and Tom Langdon, who is injured. Very draft relevant on the other side of the ball. We got Lance Franklin and Josh Kennedy back in for the Swans. And Zach Jones is out injured. I know there was a few people who took a bit of a punt on him, so that kind of sucks. Similar with Rowbottom, who some people downgraded to last week. So not a hell of a lot relevant in that game, but a few draft things maybe. Next up is Hawthorne versus Port Adelaide, and Chad Wingard is back for Hawthorne, ready to take on his old team, so that should be interesting. Along with James Frawley, they're the two ins for the Hawks. Dylan Moore was omitted from Hawthorne's side. A little bit unlucky, if you ask me. He's had a couple of consecutive 60s, and that'll hurt some people. And Ben McAvoy injured is another maybe draft out, but there's probably not a ton of people rolling with him in classic. On Port Adelaide's side of the ball, everyone was hoping Willem Drew would get back in, but... It didn't happen, which kind of sucks. We do have some fresh meat in the form of another Ruckman. Peter Laddams comes in for Scotty Lysett, who's out injured. But the big news from team selection and Port Adelaide perspective was Joe Attlee and Joel Garner being omitted. I thought at least Garner, maybe Attlee, did enough on debut to maybe earn another game, but wasn't meant to be. Robbie Gray and Tom Jonas come in for those two guys, so you can kind of understand why they're omitted. Two players in Port's best 22, but that really hurts... A lot of coaches. Uh, Drew coming back in, or not coming back in as well, stings. So Port Adelaide didn't really help our cause. And Atley and Garner were two popular downgrade targets this week. And now that they're gone, it's slim pickings. Dogs in North are up next. Big axe has been swung at the Western Bulldogs with four changes. Bailey Dale, Tim English, Pat Lipinski, and Bailey Williams are all in, which is fantastic for some of those draft owners. Probably not a hell of a lot of people rocking those names, though. Billy Gowers and Fletcher Roberts were two of the outs, along with two popular youngsters in Will Hayes and Lockie Young. So Hayes was a lot of people's cover if you held an injured Matthew Crouch or Steve Canelio. So him being omitted definitely hurts a lot of people. A lot of guys, including myself, would look to field him this week against North. And it's not going to be. Hopefully he can come back and help us throughout the buys because he was a handy well, I don't want to say safe, but he was pretty consistent in getting us to a 60-65. So hopefully Hayes can come back. Lockie Youngs doesn't really surprise me. Ever since Matty Suckling's come back in, they've tr- tried to find the right mix with Suckling, Caleb Daniel, and Jason Johannesson. But Young was kind of the odd one out. No huge surprise there. On the north side of the ball, nothing really relevant. Luke Davies-Uniak was the in for Taylor Garner. Maybe you have LDU. I probably wouldn't advise uh, holding on to him too much longer if you do, but... 
That's it from the Bulldogs and North game. The Crows-Eagles match doesn't have a lot to talk about. Schofield, Waterman and Nelson were the ins for West Coast with Lewis, Venables and Hickey. Uh, sorry, Lewis, Jetta, Venables and Hickey, the three outs. But on Adelaide's side of the ball, we saw Bryce Gibbs omitted again, which is kind of surprising, poor fella. He had a solid game last week. I was a little bit surprised to see his name left off the team sheet. But the painful thing for a lot of fantasy coaches is that Wayne Miller is the in, which means no Matthew Crouch again. Those people that held on to Crouch would be pretty bummed. We all thought it was a one-week injury. I traded him last week, but... I kind of expected him to be back this week as well. So that stings some coaches. I think if you've held on to him and you don't have to trade him, you can still field a full 22 and you have some cover in each lines, then probably hold on to him. Crouch, hopefully, will be back next week. Again, there's no guarantees, but I think I'm fairly safe in saying he'll be back in round 11. So if you've held on to him this long, I think you persist and push through. Plenty of relevant things to talk about in the Gold Coast Suns vs Geelong Cats game up at Metricon. Starting from a Suns perspective, Sam Collins was a popular cash cow to start the year for a lot of people, and the people that still have him were hoping that he could get them through the buys and provide another round 14 player to cover the first couple of weeks, but it's not meant to be. He's injured himself and will be out for at least the next six weeks, so that's pretty much a must trade. The good news is he came... The good news is Chris Burgess came in for him, and there's some people who will still be rocking with Berger in their forward or defensive bench, so that could at least help you maybe avoid a donut this week. I think from memory, Burgess is still in about 40% of teams, which has surprised me, but that's very good news for those who held Burgess. I don't expect a hell of a lot, but if he's playing out there, at least he'll be putting points on the field. On the other side of the ball, the <laughs> fantasy enigma that is the Geelong Cats. We saw Patrick Dangerfield, which is probably the biggest talking point this week, been named out of their side. So he won't make the trip to Geelong, along with the omitted pair in Charlie Constable and Ryan Abbott. No huge surprise there. Constable dropped again. I was someone that held on to him for his dud score last week, so he probably goes for me this week. It's good to see that Darcy Fort held on to his spot. Uh, the ins for Geelong include Reese Stanley, James Parsons, and Tom Atkins. So Atkins someone that might help some people avoid a donut this week as well. But good to see that Fort held his spot, and even while Abbott's been omitted, he will hopefully get forward status maybe and uh, support Reese Stanley in the ruck. Final Saturday game, the Tigers and Essendon. No real relevant talking points here. Those who held Noah Bolter, he is probably worth playing on your field this week. Callum Coleman-Jones comes in for his debut as another recognised ruckman with Ivan Soldo out suspended. And Dan Rioli came in for Kane Lambert, so... Not a huge... Bit. There's not a lot to talk about from a Richmond perspective, really. Essendon, similar deal. Joe Danaher, who's now out for the season, which is a big blow for them. He is out with Mark Bagley, and Jaden Laverde and Sean McKernan come back in. So no ham for Essendon, which is annoying for some people who maybe have him in the forward line. Melbourne and the Giants kick off Sunday action, and Alex Neil Bullen is out injured for the Ds. He's someone that we thought maybe could go and tag... Lucky Whitfield, so him being out obviously closes that door. I wouldn't expect James Harms to do too much of a number on Whitfield, so I can't personally get him this week, which is a bit annoying, but if you were chasing Whitfield, there's nothing wrong with nabbing him. Don't know who will come in. They've got Lewis, Spargo, Pruce, Wiedemann, and Wagner as the four inclusions right now. Uh, five, sorry, but obviously that'll be trimmed later on uh, Friday before lockout. Zach Williams out hurts a couple of coaches from GWS perspective. We saw Steve Cornelia included into the squad with Jackson Hatley and Isaac Cumming. Looks like Cumming is the ready-made replacement and someone who I think 
will come in for Williams, but if Steve Cornelio's there, you can't really go wrong by including him. So hopefully those that held Cornelio will see him return to the field and not pull a Matt Crouch and be out for another week. Saints-Blues, Ben Patton was the only out for St Kilda, which is good to see Robbie Young held his spot. He's been named on a half-forward flank and is probably, honestly, one of the only viable downgrade targets this week. On the other side of the ball, Mark Murphy and Lockie O'Brien are out. Murphy's injury to his ribs will see him miss a few weeks, so if you do have Michael Gibbons still in your side, or maybe even Liam Stocker, I'd probably hold on to them because we might see an uptick in midfield minutes for those guys with Murphy out. Nothing certain, but could be uh, worth holding him this week and seeing what happens. Cade Simpson looks like a likely inclusion for the Blues. Kerr, Fasolo, Plowman, Kennedy and Cunningham are the other blokes included into the squad. And finally, the last game of the round, we've got the Dockers taking on the Lions. Matt Tabernar is out injured for the Dockers for the 117th consecutive week. Brett Bewley has been named in the extended squad, but again, I don't expect him to make the final cut. Seems like Cam McCarthy will be the one that comes in for Tabernar, who's also out for the season now, which kind of sucks for Frio fans, but... Griffin Lowe has also been included into the squad and could be someone that is worth keeping your eye on if he is included. Again, though, I think McCarthy will be the one that makes way, or sorry, that comes in for Tabernar. From a Brisbane perspective, we've got Jared Berry and Reese Matheson out, injured and suspended respectively. So Mitch Hinge and Noah Answorth, two other popular rookies, kept their spots. And Luke Hodge, Christensen, Robertson, Taylor, Ballenden, and Archie Smith are the inclusions into the squad for Brisbane. All right, so that's all there is to talk about, really, from a team selection point of view. A few big names and a few big talking points. Danger out hurts a lot of people. I personally think that I will hold Dangerfield this week, but there's no certainty he's going to come back. Again, might pull a Matt Crouch or a Whitfield on us, so that would be frustrating, but I think that Danger Show can't uh, miss too many games. He has to be out there uh, performing and being the spotlight in the spotlight and uh, under the eyes of many. So I have faith in him just missing one week. It's not a lot of faith, but it is faith still. So let me turn my attention quickly to some Twitter questions. Thank you to everyone who hit me up ahead of uh, lockout this week. I'll try and get to as many as quickly as possible. Jai Rosevere asks, Dunkley, too risky? I don't think so. He did play Geelong last week for his dad's score, and before that went over 120 for back-to-back weeks. It's someone that I personally won't take a punt on. Having another player with a round 12 bye in my midfield or forward line doesn't really help. Maybe with Will Hayes out, he we could see Dunkley do a little bit more. He was named on the ball at I don't have huge faith in him going forward, but I don't think he's too risky. So if you want to take a chance on him, I reckon he's worth it. Backyard Cricketer asks, If Hatley plays, should I get him in for Ross? Helps with cash generation. And the second trade will be Williams to Zebel or Ross to Young, and then Williams to Billings through DPP. Okay, so from a cash cow perspective, let's look at the first trade. Ross to Young or Ross to Hatley? I think Ross to Young is the way to go because Hatley probably won't play, and even if he does... We know that his job security is not fantastic, so I wouldn't look to bring him in. Maybe if he strings a couple of games together, in my opinion, will change. From a down, oh, from an upgrade perspective, really, on the other side of the ball, Billings or Zebel are good picks. I personally am probably going to gun for Zebel this week. I'll talk about my trades at the end of the podcast, but it depends if you go Ross to Young, who you can reach, I guess. Billings over Zebel would probably be my pick because we've seen Billings put up some numbers for a couple more weeks, but. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Nothing wrong with either of them, though. The tiebreaker I would use would be to have a look at your buys. Anthony asks, who should he field in his midfield out of Gibbons or Oscar Baker? 
personally, I've already talked a little bit about why Gibbons is worth holding, and I, considering Baker's only had a 30, and he does have the Giants this week, I expect him to put up better numbers, but it is a tough opponent, so I'd side with Gibbons there. And he asks, in the forward line, should he pick Corbett, Lewis, or Parker? I go Corbett this week. Not a huge lot of faith against Geelong, but I expect him to run around and at least get a few marks. Parker relies on a lot of goals to score well, so not a huge amount of faith there. And Lewis, from a Hawks perspective, might be good against Port Adelaide, but I still have Corbett a little bit higher up on the food chain than him. Dane Begovic asks, who's the best alternative to Whitfield to bring in for Williams? Good question. A lot of people have been doing the Williams to Whitfield straight upgrade, but... There are some people who don't have enough money, myself included, so we have to consider alternatives. The way that I would go about it is to look at your buy structure, really. Have a look at what players in your defense you've got off for each week. So if you have someone like a Laird or maybe a uh, Basha Hooley or a Brandon Ellis, you've got a lot of those round 14 buy guys. Probably not wise to bring them in, but if you've got Tom Stewart, Jake Lloyd, uh, who else am I forgetting? Jack Crisp, they've got the round 13 buy. So again, you probably wouldn't want to bring in someone else in the round 13 buy on that regard. But all the guys I've mentioned are fine choices. If you're going Williams up to someone, I do like Rory Laird. I also like James Sicily, who has around 12 buy and could be handy, along with the likes of Daniel Suckling and Johannesson from the Bulldogs. But I don't really know which one to trust out of them. So there's plenty of alternatives. If I had to pick one... Again, I'd use buys as a tiebreaker, but it's hard to really go past what Tom Stewart or Shannon Hearn are doing at the moment. James Elms asks, should you get Zebel and a defensive rookie or defender under 373 grand or Laird and Young? I think Laird and Young's the way to go. I personally don't trust a lot of blokes in between that 350 to 500 grand price range. It's a bit risky trying to get to those stepping stones because if something goes pear-shaped, all of a sudden you'll be stuck with those type of guys and can't really get to a hell of a lot. That's going to do it for another Team Selection Hot Topics chat. Time for me to go and chuck this up so you can listen to it on Friday before Round Lockup. Again, you can hit me up on Twitter or any social media with any questions you have ahead of the round. Good luck. Hopefully your team wasn't as hit by as many bullets as me. I think this week I'm going to keep my eyes on the buys. I can't get to Whitfield now by trading out Angus Brayshaw. So for that reason... It sucks, but I'm going to have to hold Angus Brayshaw, and I'm going to trade Zach Williams to James Sicily. Gives me someone with around 12 by in my defense, which could help. And then get rid of Charlie Constable, move Warple or a mid-forward into my midfield, and then land Jack Zebel. If he sucks, I can trade him out by his round 14 by, but I think he'll at least go up a little bit in price and has a somewhat flexible run coming up. So thank you for tuning in. Good luck ahead of round 10. Until next time, peace.